UK Motor Dog. The 2018 Sensible Car Shootout. Hello and uh, welcome to our podcast, the last one of which was uh, towards the more luxurious end of the market because it came from Goodwood and part of it came from the Goodwood auction where people were spending millions. Not exactly the real world, is it? This is a bit more basic. We've been invited to one of the SMMT, that's the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders, test days. So they pull up cars from all sorts of market segments that uh, that we can try and we've decided as an antidote to the last extravaganza of five and six million pound cars to focus on the real world a little bit more and to uh, look at and drive and talk about more realistically priced family cars so let's say we've taken a slice of the market between 10,000 and 20,000 which is really what new car buyers buying for families are are sort of likely to be spending and let's just see what's available and we're going to pitch into that with a brand that's becoming increasingly popular and like many of the budget brands uses slightly older technology it's not got all the latest whiz bangs on it so we're going to try one of the Dacias The all-new Dacia Duster Comfort SCE 115 4x2. Well, we've talked about the uh, slightly more budget end of the market, and let's declare a vested interest, if you like, because this is an opportunity for me and my good lady, Helena, who's with us on this occasion and is interested in purchasing a vehicle of this nature. So, what are you looking for? Well, first thing is obviously comfort. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of driving every day, so I'm looking for something that's comfortable. Also, something that's economic to run, and um, something that's safe to drive on the roads today, again, with all the lorries on the roads, something that looks and feels safe. We're about to take out the Dacia Duster. Well, the first visual impact is quite nice. Um, it looks a nice, sort of strong, safe car. Quite small, it's not as big as some of the... All these like a Range Rover. No, no, no. <laughs> and I'm just sort of waiting really to get in and feel what it feels like inside. I like the, the wheels as well because they're not too flashy. They're just sort of a nice, you know, smooth wheel and some of them are a little bit too sort of racy looking but they're, they're quite nice. On the road, this car, 13195, which is, um, it's quite a lot of car for that money. Yeah. You know, in terms of its sort of visual presence, if you like. You're not going to be embarrassed by parking this in the in the supermarket car park. Okay, so uh, we're in the Dacia, we're on the road, country road. Very much driving impressions. It's not a full road test, but we want to get an idea of, of what this car is like and does it represent good value for money. My first impression is that yes, it does. At 13.2 on the road, this is a slightly spec'd up version, but most of the things that I'm going to mention, I think, are on the base version. So it's got all the whiz bang things you'd expect, like ABS, it's got all of that sort of technology. But it's you know, electric mirrors, electric everything, there's a sat nav system, all the airbags you would expect, it achieves all the safety uh, aspects you would expect. I was uh, just saying that um, I don't drive many uh, manual box cars these days, but it, it's it's smooth, it's a 1600cc engine, it pulls well. Um, it'll do everything that 
most of the owners would want of it. It's not a sports car. It's it's a family load lugger at a very affordable price. And yes, uh, and I don't mean to be disparaging in this respect, but it is slightly old-fashioned technology. It's the sort of cars that I was driving maybe five to ten years ago when they were, you know, all this stuff was sort of top of the range. I've stepped into this car. I haven't had to spend hours reading a manual. Most of it is self-evident, uh, and it's got most of the things you uh, would reasonably want on it. But it pulls well. It's slightly noisier than a more modern car. Uh, well, uh, yes, it's really not that noticeable. And it's um, it's a capable drive. It just pulls away quite quite well under my right foot. Good braking. Good progressive braking. Steering is quite light, but not too light. It's quite well weighted, actually. I'm not that keen on the back seats because the um, angle isn't deep enough and so I'm feeling a little bit wallowy in, the, in this. I don't know, I just find the inside a little bit simple and um, obviously I can have the reflexive price. But for me, I just think it's a little bit boxy and a bit too high. I think maybe I'm suited to a lower car. It is a very good point that Helena's making there. This is very much the entry point into this incredibly rapidly growing mini SUV market and more and more of the car manufacturers are aiming to get it to the bottom end of this segment um, because the top end is fairly well saturated. But it isn't for everybody. You are sitting up quite a lot higher. A lot of people like that, which is one of the reasons these, these types of cars have become very popular with old people. Andrew will make a, a jibe about my age, no doubt, in a, in a moment. <laughs> but the fact is, uh, there have been a number of cars like this over the years um, that have been aimed at younger people, and older people have bought them in droves uh, because they found that they were very easy to get in and out of. The Nissan Micra, I think, was a classic example of that. Introduced and aimed at a young market, um, and it was absolutely bombed in that marketplace, but older people loved it because it was easy to climb in and out of. So, much is the same of the, and this has been one of the reasons for the growth in the SUV market, and particularly the affordable SUV market. Now, this is up against a number of well-established brands, you know, with vehicles like the Berlingo, which um, were really very much van-derived and then cr turned into sort of mini SUVs. This is not. This was, was created uh, from scratch uh, to be a mini SUV. I don't find the front seats particularly comfortable. Um, I've got quite a lot of space under my knees, and my legs are not particularly long. Uh, I've got uh, really inadequate support, in my view, uh, for my thighs, side to side. Uh, and the back is not particularly good. There's not great lumbar support. Now, that may well be that I'm aligning the vehicle because I haven't found the lumbar support yet, so it may well be adjustable. It probably is. Nevertheless, at, uh, at present, uh, I don't think that the, um, the uh, seating is hugely impressive. One of the things about a slightly cheaper, slightly more basic, slightly older car 
is the ride does tend to be a little less sophisticated, to put it kindly, i.e. harder, which just indicates to us through our uh, sterns that all of our roads these days are absolutely chock full of potholes and uh, if you start hitting those in a, a cheaper, more affordable car, you notice every one with the um, aforementioned anatomical indicator, which um, in a more sophisticated car these days you don't notice quite as much. Well, not until it rips your wheels off anyway, which is uh, all too common, I'm afraid. So, well, what do we think of it so far? Well, it's a it's a thirteen two car, and it is what it is. It's it's a bit basic. Uh, it's not terribly highly specced. The ride is not great. The comfort is not great. But and I have to keep coming back to this. It is a thirteen thousand pound motor car, and one can't expect it to drive like a thirty thousand pound motor car, although. Uh, a lot of people do expect that. Uh, a lot of people will buy a car like this because it fits their needs and they'll keep it for many many years and they'll be quite happy with it because they have no interest in comparing it with the rest of the market and what else is available. And not necessarily doing huge mileages. Ah, Indeed, uh, that is often the case that a vehicle like this um, it's, it's, it's going to be used fairly locally with maybe the occasional long trip, um, but we're um, we're perhaps being overly critical. It, it is and does represent fairly a popular vehicle in this particular market segment. And uh, having just returned from a, a very long trip in France, it's very popular there. They're selling like the proverbial hot croissants or croissants showed perhaps so you know it, it it has a large marketplace and a growing marketplace in this country the mg3 1.5 liter double overhead cam vti tech engine with manual transmission well, continuing our theme of affordable cars, uh, next into the MG3. Very different car to the Dacia, much smaller. I've just said it's, it's somewhere between the Polo and the Golf in terms of size. So it's a slightly small Golf, so family hatch, even more affordable. And what we're just about to jump into, which I'm told is fully spec'd, well, I would be told that by the PR company operating for MG. It's 12 and a half grand. A lot of car for the amount of money. We're also looking at this in respect of uh, a possible car for my good lady. Well, first impressions, I mean, I like the size. I just don't like the sort of boy racer type of look. Um, and I'm a bit worried about the back window uh, seeing out. It's, it seems sort of like they're getting narrower and narrower. And soon we won't be have any back windows. So, the MG3 which is just, uh, I've literally only just jumped into it five or ten minutes ago, but it does disprove the old adage that you get what you pay for, because this is rather less money than the Dacia. In fact, this range starts under ten, well under ten, and 
almost immediately, we're talking about first impressions, of course, but almost immediately it feels better, drives better, is more comfortable, uh, is as well-specced, and doesn't feel quite so much like a sort of technological backwater that perhaps the, the Dacia is. It feels a more modern car in pretty much every respect. But is a car rather than a, trying to be a 4x4? Uh, quite so. It is a much smaller family hatch. You know, it's, it's a very, very affordable motor car. I'm not keen uh, particularly on some of the interior trim and the faux tartan looks like something you'd let your dog sleep on if you had a dog and wanted to let it go to sleep um, you know it's 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 dog-eared car blanket sort of finish <laughs> nevertheless um, you know the plastics of a reasonable quality um, the dash is quite nice it's very clear the sat nav system big blocks of color you could find your way around it pretty easily if you can't turn off the radio even if we haven't been able to turn off the radio yet we have had to mute the um, I was going to say mute the former occupants but mute the former occupants radio choices so that we can carry on with talking to you uh, about the car itself rather than do you necessarily if you're recording a road test want to have radio one playing in the background I don't think so not for me anyway some might like it that way it doesn't have some of the sort of whiz-bang things, but so far, uh, impressions are quite good. It's nice light steering, it's quite direct. It's road holding and comfort levels seem to be quite good. Inevitably, it's a small car, so the seats are not ideal. They're not bad, and compared with others in the marketplace, they're not bad at all, but you know, they are a bit small, and if you're going to squeeze four people into uh, a wheelbase of this size, then there has to be compromises on the amount of support you get under your legs. And this is certainly compromised. Perhaps one could play with it and uh, find a slightly more comfortable position. But um, having said that, nevertheless, you can't alter the length of the squab and there is very little support under the knees. Uh, as Graham said earlier, a surprisingly good um, space for, for legs and knees, which is nice, and also height. You check in, a lot of women tend to wear their hair up, and so it's nice to sort of have that height to get the old bun in. I just feel there's no pocket space much in the back. I don't know what it is in the front, but I just feel there's no pocket space much at all. And the back seats are too upright again, so there's no can't somebody can't relax and have a little sleep on the way back good size for parking as I said before but I just find it a little bit basic sort of very almost like 70s from the view from the back almost like the 70s sort of style and the four four tartan again it's uh, some sort of thing your granny <laughs> your granny <laughs> we commented or have commented so far that uh, the more budget end of the market you do tend to feel the potholes. This actually rides them very well. I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. It's, it's, it's um, for what it is, and I've oft been critical of MG in the past for the most perverse kind of uh, Chinese badge engineering. Um, this is actually quite a sophisticated motor car for the money. And if its target audience is 
young people then it's it's quite a good entry-level uh, motor car which if you can put it on the road for 10 11 12 grand depending on how much you want to spec into it it's um, it's a lot of car for that money and it's not it doesn't feel like a really old-fashioned dinosaur of a car there are things in here that um, are not terribly likable. The top of the fascia is um, very shiny plastic. You may or may not find that to your tastes. But in terms of its on-road characteristics, the driving characteristics, it's actually quite acceptable and quite feels quite comparable, favourably comparable with virtually anything in this sort of price range we've driven in the last three, four, five years. So, what do we think of it? Well, I have to say I'm, I'm actually quite impressed with it. Given the stated intention of budget cars, and this is the budgetist of them so far, it, it falls into sort of two camps, I guess. The, the driving dynamics are very very good for a car of this value it, it feels a modern car it's sporty it handles well uh, one is tempted to press on a little bit but then you get to the interior and that's not quite so nice and there are silly touches like the steering wheel is totally over the top but I can see why uh, people would expect to find that in an MG uh, despite the fact that it is, uh, yeah. I won't go back onto the badge engineering again, don't set me going on that. But certainly a big, big plus point is going to be the fact that it has a seven year transferable warranty and the servicing is ridiculously cheap. In fact, it's included in the earliest years. Um, and that, that warranty is an 80,000 mile warranty which um, suggests to me that they certainly have a feel for the sort of annual mileages that are likely to be um, driven by the people that own this car. But in terms of uh, value for money, I'm impressed, genuinely I'm impressed. The new Citroën C4 Cactus 1.2 litre PureTech 110 Flare. So with our target between 10 and 20, we're now right at the upper end of the range. This is the um, new Citroën C4 Cactus, which weighs in at around 18. It is very Citroën, it is very Gallic, slightly quirky, but thank God they've dropped the plastic sides. Not too bad, as you say, quirky. I mean, that's the French, like the old 2CV, you know, it's... um. Yeah, I quite like it. I'm looking forward to get, getting inside. Uh, it's a nice size, good for parking. That's the sort of things we're looking for. I've just noticed one heresy. This is a French car which is sitting on Goodyear tyres. What happened to that alliance with Michelin, which goes back the best part of 100 years? Suddenly they've swapped to a US brand. Extraordinary changes. Yeah, Napoleon definitely used Michelin's. <laughs> Well, the Citroen C4 Cactus, uh, 
significant perhaps that uh, we picked it up with a mileage of 1066 is this the start of a second French invasion well, I don't know it's got a lot of interesting things in it not all of them hugely successful let's talk about the interior first it's a real oddball mixture I'm reminded as my colleague has reminded me of the Austin Allegro in as much as the steering wheel is sort of rectangular and the um, dash is linear and digital so it's a sort of slightly odd mixture but then that seems to fit with the rest of the car pretty much speedo housing is sort of stuck in place it's not sort of molded in the information screen is big I think and and again pretty stuck on looking <laughs> it, it, it does look like somebody's bought something at their local electronics store and just stuck it in place I'm surprised there's no cables associated with it because it does look a bit DIY I don't really like the multiple differences in surfaces we've gone from a sort of maroon dashboard or fascia covered with dots which makes it look like it's a for braille readers only to some rather cheap looking dark plastic uh, below the windscreen and some very odd combinations on, on the doors you know it's just eight or ten trim surfaces which is just too many it looks like they styled some of it on a 1930s picnic basket on the back of a Bentley or something well a, a little bit like that or 1960s British Rail pull handles on the doors because you you don't expect sort of faux leather pull handles these days but then equally you don't expect an all-glass roof which is what it is which is probably why we're um, as warm as we are the back windows um, I've got very old-fashioned technology. It's almost like a couple of clothes pegs, and you just pull a bit, and a little bit opens. Good for safety aspect for children, but um, you don't really get much air in in there. Um, unusual sort of seating. It's very sort of almost like a hard, high-density sponge, and it doesn't really give. So you feel like you're sitting really high up, and your head's almost touching the roof. Manual gearbox. This one. Does it? Yes, it does. It pulls quite well. We, I think, felt right at the very start, even before it had moved, that the suspension was very, very, very soft. The, the handling sort of characteristics are as quirky as the interior and exterior looks of the car. You know, the steering sort of... It's a bit dead. It's a bit slightly heavy, but not too much so. I guess it's uh, speed sensitive. It certainly speeds it feels so. Suspension is, well, it's sort of ironing out the bumps, but we're getting a lot of wheel thump, which I wouldn't have actually expected. And perhaps that's uh, a bit more tyre noise than I would have expected. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm being admonished yeah. by uh, a, uh, a robotized system, which is telling me, you know, it's difficult not to go over the line on a country road, but there we are, the... Uh, these cars these days are set up for motorways. I think that's a good safety aspect, especially on these little country roads. Nice deep pockets in the back, on the back doors. Plenty of um, places to put stuff, toys and bottles and things like that. 
and the dashboard is a bit unusual so the colors a maroni color which i quite like actually but it opens up on the top rather than from underneath so i think it's more like a picnic box but then you've got to be careful when it's open in case it blocks the mirror on the passenger side it might might block his view and that's open and you're digging into that box rather than underneath that's for comfort not great. The MG was a little bit more comfortable and the, the Dacia was even more comfortable. And it's this high density foam that it's, they've got, it's just too solid and you just feel like you're sitting up so upright that you just can't relax. I think that's true. Yeah. I quite like the quirkiness though of, of, of all of the design though. It's, it's a bit different uh, than your normal sort of just black leather. Everything's black leather these days, you know, and it marks up. So this is not too bad, you know, the two-tier colours, but um, not for me. By anybody's standards, it's a rather odd car. It's it's so far out of the mainstream that it's a car. It's it's the proverbial curate's egg. It's good in parts. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. The previous iteration of this, you do see quite a lot of them about. They proved to be very popular. Uh, I personally can't understand why, but then... Um, Maybe uh, that's just that I'm expecting or want something slightly more conventional in the car. There's not much more on here for what is effectively another five, six thousand pounds uh, on top of the competition. Physically, it's a bit larger, it's a bit roomier, and it feels more roomy. It's not just that it is, the sensation is that it is more spacious, helped by the, uh, the roof. It's not a design feature I personally like, but it does add to the feeling of spaciousness. I'm sure it's a car that would be more popular in France than it will prove to be here. Nevertheless, I've no doubt they will import lots and lots and lots of them. I'm just amused that I'm not sure your arms are long enough to reach the start-stop button. It is an awful long way away. Uh, in, in Perhaps in changing this car from uh, left-hand drive to right-hand drive, they forgot to move the start-stop button, which is a considerable lean forward to get to it. It is well on the left side of the car, um, and presumably um, uh, if you can't reach it, you need a, a passenger with long arms who can. I'm struggling a little bit to think how many of these they will sell, given the fact that uh, it's nearly £18,000. It's towards the top end of the family car price band, and yet... There are a lot of other cars in the same price band of the same sort of value that offer more and they're better promoted and from more mainstream manufacturers such as Ford, Vauxhall, etc. You have to really want something very different to buy into this particular car. The Kia Seed. 1.4 litre, petrol, T, G, D, I, first edition, D, C, T, 7 speed. My good lady's walking around it. She's, uh, I think, appears interested. So, to the Kia Seed, comparing it as the last of four mid-range affordable family cars in this 10 to 20,000 pound segment. Kia, incredibly fast-growing brand. This is, in fact, out of the price range because this is one of the sort of GT versions but this is a range that starts at about 18 so I think it fair that we uh, we can compare 
It's a very modern looking car. It's got no really, really outstanding features about it. So it's a bit homogeneous in that respect, but well, what do you think? You've been walking around it, looking at it. In fact, you're, you're touching it as well, so uh, there must be something you like about well, it. I think it's just the ridges. It's a bit tactile looking, but um, they're all sort of beginning to look like they've come out the same mould. But it looks more luxurious than the others. But we'll see when we get in there. It has got a lot of swage lines on it. You know, there's a lot of work gone into, um, into that body. There are four swage lines just on the bonnet. Hardly anybody does that because it costs too much money to engineer it. But let's go and see what it's like inside. First impressions of the uh, Kia. Well, we've only driven it a couple of miles so far, so you can just get the sense of it. Uh, similarly priced to the Citroen, this is very much more conventional uh, in terms of its layout and trim levels and perhaps in terms of the technology as well. So we've got uh, all uh, analog instrumentation, including, if we so wish, an analog clock. Now that is uh, retro. Uh, Digital analog clock. <laughs> well, indeed it is, but it, at least it looks, to all intents and purposes, like an analog clock. You've got all the, the sort of the buttons and all of the facilities uh, available on the others, um, but probably more of. There does seem to be more technology involved here. Everything is actually, I, I find it compared to the Citroen, everything is clearer. Everything is where you expect it to be. The buttons are clearly labelled. The dash is very, very much easier to read. I do know how much fuel there is in the tank. I do know what the internal temperature of the car is. Everything is far clearer. It's still got the screen, which, I don't know, it just looks like an afterthought. It's not, um, it's, it's good in the respect of the fact that it sits high. It's much higher in the eye line than some. There's a little too much on that screen. So we've sort of muted it so we can concentrate on the driving. Lots of, bits and pieces on the steering wheel as usual it's got cruise control is the steering wheel looking a bit busy or is that just my imagination lots and lots well, of I, I think so i mean even with a with a cruise control system you you tend to have three four five buttons i mean i use cruise control a lot so i've got used to it but uh the information system it appears to be controllable from the wheel the uh, voice activation system the radio the telephone etc etc uh, I should mention we've tested all of these cars on an identical route in every respect uh, with the same traffic conditions with every effort to sort of equalize the performances the fuel consumption and the general uh, driving behavior of the car so that we can check out the dynamics this does feel uh, again uh, here a relatively new brand still building in the marketplace but it now does have a very secure market percentage in the UK uh, and it's a well engineered motor car you can't knock anything uh, at all about it on a fairly twisty bit of road now and uh, just tweaking it through the bends I have switched off the um, lane sensor which we hadn't found any way of switching it off on some of the earlier cars. Uh, it was immediately apparent where that switch was and easily reached, as is the start and stop button, unlike the um, Citroen.
I would not be unhappy with this as, as, a, as a driver's car at the uh, 18k. Plenty of power still in hand. It'll do everything you could reasonably want it to do. And yet it's a 1350cc engine with a seven year warranty on it. Uh, all of the things that you would expect. They're very, very confident about this car, which is why it has one of the most highly rated customer satisfaction levels of any brand in the UK market now. Uh, it's really quite surprising they've built that so quickly. Well, the word Kia, this sort of detects something somewhere from the Far East. But as soon as I got in it, you could almost detect the German-built design in the car. Very superior, leather, brilliant quality, good leg space, lots of door space. Height in the back is good, but in the front, you're a bit careful because it tends to slope because of the design, aerodynamic design of the car. So it's not good for, wouldn't have thought for really tall people, but it has got a sunroof. So if you want to catch your ponytail in the sunroof to keep your head cool then you know sunroofs for you really comfortable good headrests very strong well built impact of uh, you know anybody sort of banging into you nice smooth dashboard as well and uh, yeah good car for the money but um it's quite a lot of money so it's the sort of thing you've got to really think about where you're going to spend your pennies just sort of looking at the visors and looking at they've got the mirror to see is it sliding? It's, um, yeah, it's sliding, which is nice, which is better than a flap, because flaps tend to break and hang off. And they haven't got lights, which is a good thing as well, because lights tend to, if they're left ajar a little, they can drain the battery. So it's nice that they're sort of just more, more basic. I'm very impressed with the car. It, it really does offer quite a lot for, um for that money uh, and uh, as a driving experience it's it's very good very impressive as a family car I think it would um, really provide everything that was uh, desired the fuel consumption seems pretty good I'm just looking at the readout in front of me it's talking about uh, high 30s surely mid 40s perhaps even high 40s would be achievable with a little care and on the right run it feels, as Helena has already mentioned, it feels rather Teutonic. You know, the build quality is very, very good. There aren't, uh, as uh, one of our earlier test cars evidenced, uh, an enormous gap around the bonnet where it had been ill-fitted. Uh, this feels like it's been very well put together and does feel very solid. So. Uh, you know, I've said this before, you do get what you pay for, uh, certainly, and this rather proves that point. Uh, it's quite a lot of car for a relatively reasonable amount of money. And around town, it's, it's a really, really nice driver. Let's say we've done our very best to level the playing field, but then, you know, some cars ask, if you like, to be driven a little more enthusiastically and certainly I've been less reticent with this than with one or two of the others but they all despite being in the same sort of price bracket they all have a different purpose uh, and this is very much family hatch this has been built by engineers whereas perhaps our last car was built by designers 
and the engineering came secondary. This is engineering, engineering, engineering. Not to uh, lessen the interior because the interior I think we've all found as, uh, as very satisfactory. There aren't too many mixed surfaces, uh, it's all fairly muted and it's all nice and clear with big analog instruments and we pretty much like everything about it apart from the size of the screen. The 2018 Sensible Car Shootout. It's a tough life driving cars and comparing them, and uh, but somebody's got to do it. And today we've done it, but we've driven selectively four cars that represent the spread of cars and the spread of qualities of cars uh, across our chosen price bracket. It is probably the price bracket that most people buying privately doesn't matter how they're financing that but they are buying into that 10 to 20,000 price range. We said right at the beginning we were also looking for a car for my wife but for me of the four I have to say the most expensive car and the last car we drove the Kia Seed was a surprise it was a revelation it, it, it is a very very well engineered car from around 18 so it's at the upper end of our price range but with a lot of options that can be put on it but a lot of options which are standard within it they're not options so you do get I think a very good value for money vehicle and you certainly get a very well put together vehicle you need to do a lot of research for what you're looking for because we're all different and there's something there for everybody the Citroen was very quirky in the sense of the two-tone color I didn't like the material sort of stretchy fabric all the high-density sponge seats, which made you feel like you were just sort of sitting, balancing on top of the seat rather than sinking into the seat. And also the glass roof, which didn't open. It felt a bit like a sort of goldfishy bowl. And on really hot days, I think people would just get too hot and boiling. And I know you've got the air conditioning, but sometimes it's not, it's not good to use all the air conditioning because it's not good for the skin anyway. That was quite expensive. We were in the Dacia, uh, which had good headroom, which for me I like and I quite liked the uh, driver and the passenger door, the way it curved away. It gives you that feeling of space in the front rather than being sort of, you know, boxed in. It was a manual. Now, I like manuals, but I think as I'm getting older and I'm doing a lot more driving, especially on motorways, I think that the um, automatics, I think, are going to be needed because sometimes you can be sitting for nearly three-quarters of an hour in one spot and you're sitting there, you know, your feet on that clutch you know and you end up with cramp by the time you get to your destination and because I'm a dancer it's not good for my feet then there's the MG which I felt was more sort of little girl racery or boy racery it was fast it was quite comfortable but I didn't sort of like the design I felt it was I felt for me it was a very sort of 70s and for a long distance I didn't think it was the sort of thing for me it didn't really have a lot of room the Kia which was the most expensive obviously it it was the best because that's where the money was and I think the the German design showed overall the best best leather you could sink into it good leg room and again it was it was an automatic which I think now I think I've got to start thinking about so I don't know at the end of the day it's, it's quite hard the 18,000 is quite a lot of money you know f to spend on a car so I feel a bit guilty about that so I'd have to really think and um, and test it with maybe friends and family as well to get maybe their opinions so that it was an overall view. The best value for money was probably the MG, although 
Yeah, I felt it was more sort of boy racery, girl racery. I think that was probably the best value for money. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. At sub 10,000, I think that was the best value for money. There were things that I didn't necessarily like about it, but in terms of um, uh, the, the, the general standard and the way it's put together, it was extraordinary value for money and hardly a surprise that the brand is growing as rapidly as it is. Out of the four cars we've driven, there's been something good about each of them and I think that that must prove that it's probably quite hard to buy a bad car. Each car had something good about it and uh, no, I would have taken any one of these if I was given it randomly. I think the thing is, I mean, I've been driving uh, test cars for around 30 years and I think certainly in the last decade or uh, perhaps a decade and a half, you, it's fair to say there's no such thing as a bad car but there are cars which are sometimes bad choices that people make. You do really do need to do your research, and Helena is quite right. You need to thoroughly test what you think you might own for the next five or ten years. Going into the dealership and being fobbed off with a half an hour test down the road when you're just about to spend nearly £20,000 is simply not good enough. Ask for it for a day, for a weekend. A lot of car makes now will do that and realise that there is a need to attract customers by offering a better service, insist upon it. We've had a jolly nice day. It's really made me think, you know, about what I really need in a car rather than just thinking it looks flash or it looks fancy. Really thinking, you know, my basic needs first and then the frills after. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.